This is First Down Dynasty, right here on the Sports Ethos Network. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the first Bill Nye the Dynasty Guy-led episode of First Down Dynasty. As always, I'm here with Eric Kravitz. And we are with you across the interweb right here on Sport Ethos Network. First of all, before we get into that, I did I, how rude of me. I did not ask, how are you doing this week? I'm okay. Um, got some good news today with some personal matters. So my spirits are high. Mm. Yes, indeed. Spirits should also be high for our listeners when they follow us on social media at FDD underscore ethos at BNK Radio. Um, looks like Threads is dying, which sucks. So we're not going to really post on Threads very much. Uh, short-lived. I hate to admit that Will was right, but God damn it, Will was right. It, it does happen. So I'm glad to hear about your personal news. And, you know, we're starting our journey on this new podcast. So, so far, so good. Unfortunately, not good news for everybody in the NFL. The deadline for the franchise tag was today. There were six franchise tags. The three non-running backs all got new deals from their respective teams, including Evan Ingram just a few days ago. But the three running backs, no deals. No well, deals for, at all. First and foremost, shout out to our boy, well, my boy, and by my boy, I mean Andrew Cooper's boy, Evan Ingram. Mm. We've both been big fans of his for quite some time. Uh, back when he was on the Giants, we knew the potential was there. He didn't have every opportunity to live up to that potential. And last year, he was a great tight end and he was able to earn a contract and i'm not sitting here saying that the running backs that didn't get extensions today did not earn a contract they 100 did josh jacobs was amazing last year had a career renaissance should have received another three-year deal saquon barkley comeback player of the year type stuff with him last year after coming back from injuries and tony pollard filled in seamlessly as the Dallas lead in quotes back because he still had Ezekiel Elliott on the goal line and, you know, he was a red zone guy. All three of those guys played incredibly well last year and all three of them earned contract extensions. The problem with that is in today's NFL, the running back is the most overpaid, according to the owners, overvalued according to the owner's position. All three of these guys, well, at least Saquon and Josh Jacobs, very high value draft capital. And typically that leads to a very highly valued deal. Owners don't want to have to pay that right now, especially with Daniel Jones getting $42 million a year and that being seen as an average deal. Well, you know, everything's down to change eventually. I don't know if the quarterback money is ever going to go down. But I do feel like everything is cyclical and there will be a time of the running back again. But right now, teams just do not value it. And that's very evident by this. Because when your guaranteed money offer to Saquon Barkley is lower than the combined amount of guaranteed money he'd get if they franchised him both this and next year, it's not good enough. A guy like Saquon Barkley that had over 1,600 yards from scrimmage and was by far their best offensive weapon 
And you don't treat team leaders and guys that are your iconic guys like that. You give them new deals. And on a larger scale, eventually this will come back around because what you're going to have, it may take a while, but what you're going to have is four, five, six, eight years where the running back talent just disappears because all the kids coming up through high school and through college, nobody's going to want to be a running back anymore. Because running backs don't get paid. They're going to be receivers. They're going to be corners. Even safeties get paid more than running backs now. So then you're going to have a dip in running back talent, and the few elite guys are actually going to get paid. But once again, things come around, and eventually then, once running backs get paid again, you'll start seeing more people playing the running back position that have the high-end talent again. But you're going to go through a rough patch in the near future, most definitely. I suppose so. And right now there's something that had never been a part of that cycle, which I think will affect it. And that's the NIL deal. College kids can make money in school now, which is amazing power to the student athletes. Make all the money you can. Some of these kids don't necessarily have to bank on going pro in order to make their money. So even kids that do have that running back potential, even kids that do want to play running back, They can play running back, make a ton of money in NIL deals. If you're a generational guy or if you can market yourself like that, maybe like a B. John, maybe like a Saquon, maybe like something like that, or Marvin Harrison Jr., you know, as a wide receiver coming up this year, Caleb Williams, that sort of stuff. They're going to make a ton of money. And at the end of the day, unless you're one of the rare few that are like, I want to win a championship, at the end of the day, it's about money. And that's what's going to drive these, you know, athletes' decisions to do what they want to do, where they want to go to school, what positions they want to play. You can play running back and make money. I'm not sure how much money, because you and I are in our 30s sitting down talking about these kids who are going to make more money on one paycheck than you and I will in a year. So we're not necessarily qualified enough to talk about the money aspect of it. But we can say that Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard, and Josh Jacobs were all very worthy of receiving extensions. Unfortunately, that's just not where the NFL is right now. And even more evidence by that is these three guys all deserve extensions. Uh, Pollard, I think, will definitely get one next year. Absolutely. The other two, hopefully. But even more so than the guys that definitely deserve the long-term extensions, it's more evident than the guys that are currently not on teams. Dalvin Cook, rumored, to be messing with, you know, pretty much everybody in the AFC East. Leonard Fournette does not have a job, was still serviceable. Kareem Hunt does not have a job, still serviceable. Ezekiel Elliott, while not the workhorse anymore, still a very serviceable, and especially in the red zone, a very solid running back. All these guys have been in the top 20, 25 running backs every year for the last, you know, five, six years. None of them are on a team right now. I think that's more evident of how the league values running backs, especially those like mid uh, descending or mid tier running backs, probably better than the guys you have as far as depth after your starters on most of these teams right now, but they don't want to have to pay them four or five million dollars. And that's atrocious. When you well, really the, think magic, about it. the magic number with these guys that at least a few of them that you just mentioned, Ezekiel Elliott is 28. Leonard Fournette is 28. 
Dalvin Cook is 27. James Robinson, also a free agent, 24. The oldest person that you mentioned is Melvin Gordon, who's 30. And I didn't even mention him. You didn't mention Melvin Gordon? Are you crazy? No, I kind of accepted that he's washed. But there are others I still have hope for. We have that recorded. I'm very happy that we have that somewhere <laughs> in the universe forever. The the a lot of teams see that after the year 27, 28 year, running backs just sort of turn to dust. And they don't want to have to invest a few million dollars in a multi-year deal on somebody that they're not going to be able to play. See a guy like Melvin Gordon. See a guy like Leonard Fournette, who towards the end of the year last year just completely broke down and gave way to Rashad White. I think that was more about the fact that that offense was just a complete mess. What about Dalvin Cook, Will? Dalvin Uh, Cook is a four-time Pro Bowler. Alexander Madison, his backup, not really a starting running back in this league, but Minnesota seems to think so. And part of that has to be attributed to the fact that they don't have to pay him as much as they'd have to pay Dalvin. No, and that's the unfortunate part because they should keep paying Dalvin. Yeah, I mean, I, he's I one of the best running backs over the last five years. Stay away years, from New far. England. Stay away from Buffalo. Stay away from Miami. And if you're okay with being the spell guy, you can come to the Jets. It's okay. I don't need you hurting my running back three, uh, his value. Mm-hmm. Uh, because Brees Hall, spoiler alert, he's my third running back on my board, and we're going to eventually get into top running backs. Um, I don't want his value cratering because I'm very selfish like that. And it's very rare that the Jets have superstar talent on the offensive side of the ball. And right now we have three legitimate Pro Bowl contenders in Aaron Rodgers, Garrett Wilson, and the aforementioned Brees Hall. So please, Dalvin Cook, stay away unless you are okay with coming off the bench. I mean, pretty much every running back situation you look at, it doesn't matter where he ends up. He's tanking some top running backs uh, ceiling, at least as far as this year is concerned. Even Miami, I like. They got a cavalcade of guys, whether you want to talk about Smith or Mostert or Akane, who they just drafted. I mean, everyone takes a hit this year, even with a team like them, who you don't really know who's necessarily getting the touches. But pretty much someone is going to be very upset wherever Dalvin signs. Upset, yes. But let's not pretend that Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson are actual threats. Devin Kane, maybe. We don't know what he is. He was supposedly a very good receiving back out of college. And Excuse that's, me. Yes. I'm sorry. It, do you know which tree that coaching staff comes from? Oh, I understand. San I Francisco. Get I get it. That's why I'm excited about Devin Kane. I know. But I'm not I'm, excited about Raheem Mostert or Jeff Wilson, even though they came over from San Francisco and they know the system. I understand that. But knowing the system is about 50, 55% of it. You still need to be able to implement it and have the physical talent to do it. Oh, crap it. I don't care if they know the system, but you're forgetting the system. The system is we roll four running backs and you never know who's going to vulture the touchdown. That's the San Francisco system. Okay, That's the so, system to remember. All right. I, 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 I've been preaching this for a while and I'm going to say it again here. You always want to go for the volume. And maybe in Miami with the San Francisco system, it might not be as much. But touchdowns are always an outlier. Always an outlier. We had a guy like Jamal Williams have, what, 18 rushing touchdowns last year? If, like You don't want a Jamal Williams on, on your team being a starter for you. And we're talking about the creme de la creme kind of guys. You want somebody who's going to have all of the opportunities. And with the opportunities, the touchdowns will eventually come. But you want the touches. 
You want somebody who's going to have the ball in their hands between 20 and 25 times a day and let them make the most of the opportunity. Will that happen in San, not San, well, kind of San Francisco, Miami, Miami, Francisco, I don't know. We'll, we'll figure it out later. We'll, mm. we'll workshop that. But whoever touches the ball most on that offense is going to be the person that you want. And the touchdowns will come. Remember when with uh, Jermichael Hasty, he was the, the goal line back. Like people thought he was crazy. He was terrible, but people picked him up because he was the vulture guy. He didn't vulture Jack, man. Like I, I, I get touchdowns are important, but you want the opportunity first and the touchdowns will follow when you have the opportunities. I, I just mean, even then, Dalvin may be the lead back in that possible situation, but every one of those running backs is getting at least four or five touches a game. And that's ultimately the problem with them. At least with, you know, if he came to the Jets or if he went to New England, it's taking touches from Brees or Ramondre, but there's really only the two. Fine. You want to get into this now? I don't know. Should, should we? I mean, running backs, they were important to us. They're important to to fantasy. They're important to dynasty, but the NFL doesn't care about them. So why should we care about them? Because we don't work for the NFL. We work for Sports Ethos, and they want us to talk about fan- dynasty football. And dynasty you know football you, is inclusive of running backs. Well, you make a fantastic point, and which means you. that we are smarter than the NFL because we care about running backs. Put um, us in the GM room. Put us in the front office. Let's go. I'd love to. Uh, Kravit. Yes. There hasn't been. I mean, Brees Hall was pretty hyped last year. Bijan Robinson is probably the most hyped running back prospect to come out. I want to say probably since Saquon, but definitely even like a tier above him. Can he live up to all that hype? If he went to any other team other than Atlanta, I would be skeptical. But Arthur Smith ran Derrick Henry into the ground, and now he has the hottest rookie running back of the last, I'll say he's hotter than Saquon of the last, what, 20, 25, 30 years? B. John is a generational talent. He's going to be used as such to the point where people are starting to dip out on uh, Drake London and Kyle Pitts because they know how much B. John Robinson is going to be running the football. He's going to be a guy to see the ball 25 to 30 times a game game and that's not saying that Tyler Algier might not get some the rumor is Cordell Patterson might be back into the fold at least early on in the season but I could not care less about all of that because it is the B. John Robinson show he is the undisputed dynasty running back one hands down end of story I mean can't really complain and you know five years from now he'll be broken out of a job and worn out so lots to look forward to uh, moving on with the rest of the running backs, I think the top, you know, five, you really can't go wrong with any of them. Christian McCaffrey, the oldest on this list, but I have Jonathan Taylor too. Obviously not a great year last year. I do expect him to bounce back. Offensive line is still great. Brees Hall showed a lot as a rookie until he got hurt, is expected to be back for week one. Gotta love Brees Hall, what you saw, especially with a much better offense. McCaffrey's a big risk. He could be the RB1 in the season and the next few, but he could also be hurt as the injuries have begun to slowly pile up over the last few years. You and I had the same one through four. Obviously, you need to be a little bit wary about Christian McCaffrey because he is 27 and he has a lot of mileage and a lot of injury history, but ending up in San Francisco where he will be spelled by Elijah Mitchell is a really nice spot for him. We talked about it the past couple of weeks on our wide receiver shows, which you can go back and listen to if you'd be so kind, how he affects Debo Samuel, how he affects Brandon Ayuk, 
And you bet your ass we're going to talk about how he affects George Kittle when we get into the tight end portion of these rankings, either next week or the week after. The biggest issue for me with Christian McCaffrey is just his age. You're 27, you know, that's when a lot of things can go wrong for running backs. It used to be 30. What happened? I don't know, man. The game got faster. It got harder. But listen, but listen, if anybody can break the stigma of being a 27 kind of guy, it's Christian McCaffrey, hands down. Mm. Um, I have a different fifth running back, rank five running back than you do. Partially because of what we spoke about. We don't know if he's going to play. Yours is Saquon Barkley at five. And mine is also somebody who was not on the receiving end of an extension. I want to make that perfectly clear. However, I do believe that Tony Pollard will play on the franchise tag. He has said as much. And Tony Pollard has been amazing for the past year, even a year and a half ago when he was actually the backup to Ezekiel Elliott. Now, he is the lone wolf in that backfield. Yes, they did draft Deuce Vaughn. They do have Malik Davis, who they drafted last year. But this year is going to be a real sink or swim year for Tony Pollard. And he has them fresh legs. He never really had the chance to be that guy, right? When he was behind Ezekiel Elliott all these years. Now he has the opportunity to shine. He's 26, so he's a little bit younger than Christian McCaffrey, a little bit younger than Austin Eckler, around the same age as Saquon and all these guys. He's only a year older than Najee. I do think Tony Pollard, given the opportunity, I think Dallas in general, quite honestly, is going to be a solid team this year with the addition of Brandon Cooks. CeeDee Lamb is going to take the next step. That offensive line is also really good. Dak just has to not throw interceptions. But back to Tony. Tony's going to see a lot of volume and he's going to make the most of it. So I actually have him ranked above Saquon on my list at number five. See, with Tony, I'm concerned that the volume is actually going to hurt him. I think he benefited from being a split running back. I think he was fresher, more explosive. I really don't know if he's going to be able to take the load. It is a concern. Now, I think he's going to be good. I just don't know if he's going to be able to sustain it down towards the end of the season or, you know, year over year. I do know this year, obviously, the news that Saquon's most likely going to sit out. I don't like it. That typically leads to injuries. But overall, I still think Saquon has a few good years left in him, uh, which is why I have him still as high as he is. I just like the consistency overall, and I still think he's going to be fine. When we get into the next group, the 6-10 to group, I'm starting off with a guy that, you know, consistency-wise, hasn't always been there because of his backup running back taking touches. That's not the case anymore. I know he's a little bit older, but Nick Chubb, I think, is due for, you know, a few ridiculous years, the next two or three years. I have him at number six. And then rounding out my six through 10, Travis at the end, Tony Power down at eight, still good. Ramondre Stevenson at uh, nine. And then Austin Eckler, just because even though the dude is older as well, he is a machine, especially as a receiver. And he will always hold a little bit more value. I can appreciate that. I have Saquon at six. So it's not like I'm completely Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that Saquon's not going to do anything. Oh, no. If if he plays, obviously, he's going to catapult into, you know, 
top four, top three category might be able to push McCaffrey. We'll see. I'm not entirely sure that he will, but he could. He very well could, because like you said before, he is by far the best player on that New York Giants offense. They did bring in Darren Waller. Uh, They brought in Paris Campbell. Both those guys are pretty injured pretty often, and now you're going to have to try to trust that Daniel Jones is going to be able to get them the ball. On top of that, Daniel Jones is a running machine, so he might open up some lanes for Saquon. He al- he's also poached a ton of goal line work from Saquon. So Daniel Jones scares me as it is, right? If I'm a Saquon owner, if I'm a Saquon guy. I do think Saquon is, the talent is there. The talent is 150% there for him to be a top five guy, top six guy. One, he's got to get onto the field and he doesn't, he, he, he can't be sniped. He can't be uh, bullied out of the goal line carries. I also have Nick Chubb at number seven. Number eight, I have Travis Etienne. Number nine, I have Ramondre Stevenson. And number 10, I have Austin Eckler. Number 11, I have Najee Harris. And then at number 12, I have another rookie in Jameer Gibbs. That rounds out my top 12. Adding on to mine, I have Josh Jacobs at 11 and Najee at 12. I'm surprised you still have Josh Jacobs up on that list. I mean, the pro- he hasn't been consistent, but obviously he's been a very effective when he is on the field. And he was finally allowed to be, you know, the lead back. Like for years, every time he would rush the ball one or two times, he'd get spelled and taken off for half a series. And it would always disrupt him. He was finally allowed to be the guy last year, and we all saw what happened. Hopefully the injury bug doesn't wear him out. Um, but he, I think he could still be very effective. And obviously he's playing, trying to get that contract still 13, 14, uh, 15. Uh, no, the Josh Jacobs stuff scares me because we don't know if he's going to play. He'll play. And yes. He like, he has a mere wife behind him. So like, and I know I'm assuming your rankings take into account that they do end up on the field this year. Yes. Even obviously. still, I think Najee has a better shot of being better than Josh Jacobs does this year. Eh, tomato, tomato. I mean, they're the same age, so you can't mm-hmm. really take that away from either of them. Pittsburgh greatly improved their offensive line this year. Kenny Pickett is supposed to be having a solid camp. We'll take the next step if Pittsburgh has their way. And yeah, the threat of Jalen Warren is looming a little bit behind Najee Harris, but he played all of last year with, uh, what's the word I'm looking at? Plantar fasciitis. He was playing with a metal plate in his cleats. Hopefully, and supposedly, that issue is behind him now. Hopefully. So it does look like Najee Harris can have a really nice bounce back year, which is why I have him above guys like Josh Jacobs and Ken Walker and Jameer Gibbs. I was toying with putting him ahead of Austin Eckler, but Eckler has the track record. No, you are. That offense is going to throw 77 times a game. He's going to have 190 receptions, even though he, too, is unhappy with his contract situation. I would trust that Austin Eckler does see the field. Did you just say he was going to have 190 receptions on 754 targets? Yes. <laughs> I'm rounding out my top 15. I have Javonta Williams at number 13. I think in this Sean Payton offense, him coming back healthy he flashed what he could do a little bit last year was a disaster and then he got hurt i think he is going to be you know one of those guys that for this year could potentially be the biggest one to sneak into the top 10 
as far as running backs that, you know, you wouldn't, as far as like a redraft, you, I believe he could have that kind of year um, in their offense. And then I have Jamar Gibbs followed by Kenneth Walker rounding out the top 15. Gibbs, I don't know what to make of yet, but from everything you hear, even if he is more like a JD McClissick that's really just used for receiving, he is going to be the elite version of that. So there's just a lot of potential there, especially in PPR leagues. And... He's a very, very, very poor man's JD McKissick. People are comparing him to a rookie Camara. Mm. So we'll we'll see about that. We'll see how that goes. And Kenneth Walker, I know that they drafted um Kravit has what's the correct pronunciation of this Zach name? Zach Charbonnet. Zach Charbonnet. Okay. You I know they drafted like that. You need you need the pretentious emphasis. Okay. You need all, right, all of that. Zach Charbonnet. How about there that? We'll add a, there you go. We'll add a little Beautiful. flair to it. I know they drafted Charbonnet, but Kenneth Walker, I think, is still going to be, you know, the lead back and definitely going to get spelled a little bit more where last year, the second half, he was a workhorse. Not going to happen this year. Obviously, all everything we talked about, especially with running backs, is barring injury, which is why chaos sometimes ensues. Um, but I still do like him, and that offense as a whole, I think, is going to be a lot better in year two of Pete Carroll and Geno Smith. I have Walker in my top 15. I do not have him in my uh, top 12, but I also don't have him at number 13. Um, we are disrespecting the one true um, king. We are disrespecting royalty with all of these lists. And I'm not sure how Derrick Henry would appreciate you leaving him out of your top 15. He's older. He he's the oldest running back that we, I, at least I have spoken about this year at age 29. So that is pretty old when it comes to running backs. But even even before the news about uh DeAndre Hopkins signing with the Tennessee Titans, I was still a Derrick Henry guy. Did you know, Will, that Derrick Henry has never been caught from behind? Don't fact check that. You don't need to fact check that. Just know that it's true because it's coming from me. <laughs> I, I hate to be the one to tell you, buddy. Don't do that to me. Don't be that guy. The offensive line has gotten a little weaker. So I take that into account as well. But putting DeAndre Hopkins on that offense on the opposite side of the field from Traylon Burks, you have Kyle Phillips coming back into the slot. You have Chiggy Smalls as your starting tight end. The weakest part of that is Ryan Tannehill. And Tannehill is serviceable. He's not the worst quarterback we've ever seen in my entire life. And listen, if you want to get in touch with me, you don't do it on apps. You don't do anything like that. Did you hear that? Hear that little beep? Beep. Okay, so you didn't hear the beep. Okay. Great. Um, Derrick Henry is still somebody that I'm very excited to be a part of if I'm able to get him at a reasonable price. Um, I do have Javante Williams. If he's healthy, the guy is going to be crazy in a Sean Payton offense. Absolutely bonkers. But the important thing is, is that he has to stay healthy. He has to, yeah, first, he has to get healthy. He tore his ACL and his MCL, and he says he'll be back healthy, but we don't really know that. So I'm not entirely sure how to take that. I'm taking it with the largest grain of kosher salt anybody's ever seen. And he has to hold off Samaj Piran, who they gave a decent deal to. So he's going to be involved in that offense in some way, shape, or form. It's Russell still Samaj Piran. Hey, he was he was good enough last year when Mixon wasn't playing well. He stepped up and he was fine. Mm. I'm not saying that he's going to be a league winner. He's no Damian Williams, but he's okay. He'll be somebody that can you know take you a couple of games if necessary. 
But Javante Williams has all the talent to be somebody that you can hitch your wagon to, but he needs to be healthy for it. Fair. The next tier down. I'm talking about somebody who not a lot of people are talking about right now. That man's name is Miles Sanders. And you're going to be talking to me. Say, hey, Crab, why the hell are you talking about Miles Sanders signed with Carolina in the offseason? Has nobody behind them. Bryce Young is the rookie quarterback. They're starting Adam Thielen, DJ Chark, and Jonathan Mingo at wide receiver. They don't have anything there. I think Hayden Hurst is their tight end now. So there is a lot of potential for Miles Sanders to have a ridiculous year. And there was some video that leaked saying that he wants to catch at least 50 balls and the coaching staff was okay with it. I understand coach speak is a massive thing, doing massive things to massive people. I get it. But the fact that that video was leaked has to give you some sort of peace going into the season with Miles Sanders. I'd be okay with him as my running back too this year. I think that he can really, really sort of be that guy. Do I dare call him a league winner? Maybe. I think he's too big, too good to be considered a league winner. He's not somebody you're picking up off the wire. But if you could sneak him in like the fifth round, in the sixth round, that's somebody who I think can be a very, very, very beneficial draft pick and to be a running back too. Keep an eye on Miles Sanders this year. Moving definitely, forward as well. Definitely going to have opportunity. Uh, I don't know how effective he's going to be. I actually was. I actually got rid of him for a tight end in the offseason. I think that was what? before I found out where he was going, but still. Well, I still have three or four guys that we've already talked about on this list as running back, so I kind of had a little bit of a surplus. Well, that's, that's very different, Will. <laughs> uh, anyway, I do. I have him as my 20. Number 16, I actually have your boy, J.K. Dobbins, just because with Todd Munkin in that offense, he's going to spread them out, and a healthy J.K. Dobbins as the distraction away from Lamar, I think is going to have a fantastic year. I have Derrick Henry at 17. I have Damian Pierce from Houston at 18 because there's no one else there in Houston. Same thing. The Devin Singletary disrespect. No, that guy doesn't deserve any respect. So you can't disrespect somebody that doesn't deserve any. And I know there's a few different running back situations and the quarterback in Philly, but DeAndre Swift at 19. And then I have Miles Sanders at 20. So that's the top 20 running backs we have so far. And I think at this point, we kind of start to see a delineation. Um, The remaining running backs, a lot of them still have great value, you know, for right now. But a lot of this is, you know, older running backs maybe don't have quite that many great years left in them. Or a lot of it is younger rookie running backs or you know, second year guys that are looking to make a leap. We'll see who does, who doesn't, whatnot. But that, I think, I really think that takes care of the guys that everyone would agree have both upside this year and moving forward. And then I think we get into, you know, a different kind of territory as far as the running back breakdown right here. You want to know what could help you navigate that territory, those treacherous waters, Will? Alexa, Siri, uh, uh, um, um, what, what are the other GPT, names? Chat mm, GPT is one. Um, not threads because we already went over how dead that is. Um, mm. maybe Twitter. Um, but the answer is in any of those. It's the uh, draft guide provided by Sports Ethos for the twenty-three fantasy season. We have a dynasty one and a redraft one. We already have more than sixty pieces of content in it. Massive team breakdowns, 
rankings. And by the time your redraft season starts, there are going to be over 200 features there ready for you to read, get some insight from some of the smartest fantasy football minds in the industry. Right now, before the season starts, you can get it at a ridiculous, mind-blowing rate of just $4 a month over at sportsethos.com. If you play basketball, if you play fantasy baseball, we have unbelievable amounts of content with those as well. You can get a package with football news and breakdowns, basketball news and breakdowns, baseball news and breakdowns for $7 a month. If you're already spending four bucks to get the football stuff, spend the extra three bucks, get the basketball and the baseball stuff too. Believe me when I say that, um, one, I want it that way. And two, the basketball stuff is something that you're really going to want to take a look at. Self-admittedly, I am not as strong as I'd like to be when it comes to fantasy basketball. Um, doing this with sports ethos and having access to the draft guides that they provided really will give me and Will an edge moving into our uh, basketball drafts in the next coming months. And that $7 a month, that $7 price is gone once the NBA draft content you know, starts. So that goes up to 10 when that happens. So if you want to actually get information from people in the business, you know what they're talking about, as well as information from Will and myself, you'll go to sportsethos.com. You'll pay your $7 just once. It's not a monthly reoccurring thing. It's just one-time payment and have access to breakdowns for baseball, basketball, and football. And while you're at it, you can follow uh, at Ethos Fantasy FB on Twitter. You can follow us on Twitter as well at FDD underscore Ethos and at BNK Radio. So go ahead, get all the insight you need from all the fantasy experts you want at SworthEthos.com. And I want to know how you feel about Cam Akers this year, Will, because he's somebody right on the cusp of breaking into my top 20. Cam Akers is a weird one. I'm worried that, you know, what you saw at the beginning of last year potentially rear its ugly head again, where the coaching staff just doesn't trust him. I'm hoping they're past that. And that was more injury related than anything else, because he did have a very good second half. You're just kind of worried that, you know, in L.A., like they pretty much started this trend of, well, it doesn't really matter what running back I have after the whole Todd Gurley thing. I'm just going to have a guy work him into the ground and then move on. They could just decide it's going to be another running back. They could decide it's Kyron Williams, and it wouldn't shock me at all. So uh, Akers has a ton of talent. He's still really young. I think he's only 22 or 23. But ultimately, do I trust him? I can't say that I do. He's one of those guys that has potential, but if I own him, I'm trying to trade him. Cam Akers finished as a top five running back last year, Will. That was with John Wolford leading the pack. That was with Will Canova as quarterback in L.A. playing for the Rams. That was without Cooper Cup on the field. That was without Allen Robinson on the field, although Robinson on the field might have been more of a burden than he was off of it, so I take that back. But what I'm saying with that is, within a better offensive line, with Matt Stafford coming back, hopefully his back isn't completely broken, and we know, we both know how much you love yourself some Cooper Cup, right? Yes, that's correct. That offense is going to potentially get better it really can't get worse and the fact that he'll have an entire off season of training camp and prep 
and OTAs and everything. He's 24 years old, so he's still very young, relatively young. I think Cam Akers can be somebody to take a step and be a top 15 guy if everything breaks right. And it's tough for everything to break right in the NFL, especially for a young running back. I'm the first to say it. It's fine. But Cam Akers is somebody who I'm really keeping an eye on to take a step up. Whereas a guy like, I don't want to say it because he carried me to a championship appearance two years ago, but Joe Mixon is getting real old. There's a lot of weird stuff happening there. There was some stuff with him. He took a voluntary pay cut when running backs are supposed to stay together and try to demand as much money as they as they possibly can. I don't know how much I trust Joe Mixon moving after this year. I mean, he puts up uh, solid numbers, but I mean, last year, I think it was that one game that had almost all of his fantasy points. Yep, it was against Joe Carolina. Mixon, yeah, five touchdown day. Five touchdown game, over 50 points. So it really was that one game that saved his, you know, overall fantasy numbers. But if you look at it week to week, it wasn't great. And as Joe Burrow grows and as those receivers grow with him, I think it's definitely going to be more T. Higgins, more Jamar uh, Jamar Chase, more than anything. I think they have other receivers, and I think what they're doing at running back, they're get uh, Joe Mixon can catch the ball, but I think they're getting more running backs that are good in pass protection and that can catch the ball out of the backfield. And I think you're probably right. Joe Mixon has this year, and then after that, I really don't know. So I completely concur, and doesn't have a long shelf life that which is why he's as far down as he is where do you have him on your list i have him at number 27 um for me he is down i have him at uh 24 looks like 23 23 okay would you feel more comfortable going with a guy like david montgomery over joe mixon because i feel like they are in the same boat david montgomery is 26 he's on a new team but in terms of People aren't sure how to feel about David Montgomery, especially with the presence of Jameer Gibbs. People don't know how to feel about Joe Mixon just because of a million things happening with his life and now the presence of Chase Brown. I um, still have I still have uh, Joe Mixon just above David Montgomery, but they're, they're interchangeable to me if Joe um, Mixon gets suspended. I don't somehow I don't I don't remember enough of the details to have a good idea of whether he's going to get suspended or not. Probably. Uh, at that well, point, it's the NFL. Of course, he's going to get suspended. He won't get suspended for a long time, but he'll get suspended. Yeah, no, I just I can't trust him. I pretty much take most other guys over him at this point. And I, I was a big Chase Brown guy. I was able to get a hold of him in a few leagues. I do like him. I think if he gets suspended and it's, you know, a six game suspension or I doubt it would be more but let's say if it's even more than that i don't even know if he gets his job back i think he becomes the spell back upon return at that point wow so who is somebody that you would take joe mixon over how about that would you take him over a guy like isaiah pacheco would you take him over alexander madison maybe brian robinson jr problem the problem with the guys the problem with the guys you're naming is Antonio Gibson might be that one. Madison is the starter. For better or worse, Madison is the starter. Aaron Jones is a starter. Rashad White is a starter. Montgomery is going to have some problems 
because he's pretty much only going to be running the ball. So there's not going to be a lot of passing work for him. Don't like that. Pacheco is going to be the starter. I look at all these guys and I kind of put him down a little bit further. You know, as I'm looking at this, I think I still have Joe Mixon too high. As I'm like talking about this now, I think he's down with Alvin Kamara, down with James Cook, Kendra Miller, probably in the 30s. As I'm like coming to the realization that if he misses half the year, he may not get his job back. So, yeah, I got to put him down there because the other guys that you mentioned are all guys that are at least the favorite to get the most touches on the team at this point. I can't put him over any of them. That's crazy. Yeah. So he's I, down. I can't, even dis- I can't disagree with you, yeah. which is the sad part, because just two years ago, Joe Mixon was a high end running back one. Mm hmm. Even in Dynasty, even in Dynasty, not just redraft, even in Dynasty, people would call him a top 10 running back. And now I have him as a mid running back three. Will has him as a high running back four, mid running. Like how the mighty have fallen. This is true. So the one last thing that I want us to do before we wrap up this running back episode is I want you to tell me the handcuff you're targeting that you think is going to make an impact either this year or next year, and you cannot say Chase Brown. Oh, that was such an easy one, though. I, I, I know. That's why I said <laughs> what I said. When I look at it, as far as the handcuff for right now, I think it could very easy. See, the problem is a lot of these guys I'm looking at that would be like handcuffs are really more in committees than anything else. Um it's probably Charbonnet, honestly. He has a lot of talent. He's going to get some work. The problem I have with other guys is I don't know what Roshan Johnson would be. He would probably be my other guy if I knew for certain what the running back touches were going to look like. The problem is you have Khalil Herbert, who is fantastic, could do a little bit of everything. You brought in Donta Foreman. So I just think like he has two extra running back an extra running back to kind of hurdle in front of which is why i don't like that at least with charbonnet he's only got kenneth walker uh and kenneth walker did get a little bit banked up last year so there's always room for that so i'm going to say charbonnet and to a lesser extent i do like roshan johnson a lot i just think having to jump foreman and herbert you know maybe not this year there are two guys that i think can i don't want to say take over for the people in front of them. But I think that they could provide great standalone value, regardless of whether or not the people in front of them succeed. The first guy for me is Jerome Ford from Cleveland. He's the immediate backup to Nick Chubb, taking that role from Kareem Hunt, who we mentioned earlier, got cut no longer with the team, can't find a job right now. The team has been very high on Jerome Ford since they drafted him. And we have seen that running backs who are right behind Nick Chubb when he doesn't play. And Nick Chubb is good for one or two games missed a year. Dernis Johnson was considered a running back one for a couple of weeks when Nick Chubb was gone. And they cut Dernis Johnson to make room for Jerome Ford. Jerome Ford, I think, is somebody who can maybe take a step into low running back three territory this year. If Again, obviously with that, everything you know falls into place. And I mentioned this guy a little bit earlier, but I really, really like him. He actually showed some flashes last year. Give me Jalen Warren all day, 
every day, especially like I said before, that offensive line is revamped in Pittsburgh. Kenny Pickett going to take the next step. And Najee's a monster, but sometimes monsters do get hurt. But when he's on the field, I think Najee will be great. The running back coaches and Mike Tomlin have all said that Jalen Warren has earned himself some playing time. They all love themselves some Jalen Warren. At least that's what the coach speak says. And you all know how I feel about coach speak. I do think Jalen Warren is somebody who can take a really nice jump into relevancy by this time next year, possibly above guys like Jamal Williams, Elijah Mitchell, Damian Harris, maybe even above a guy like Tank Bigsby. Well, definitely above a guy like Tank Bigsby, but Jamal Williams, put some respect on that man's name. I'm not taking anything away from Jamal Williams, but he's older. He's 28. He signed a three-year deal. He's behind Kendra Miller and Alvin Kamara on that depth chart. He's going to be the goal line guy. Absolutely, which hurts the other two, unfortunately. Kravit, injuries are bound to happen at the running back position. We've talked about it. Their names are Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt, Ezekiel Elliott. When those injuries roll in during camp, who gets the first call out of those three guys? We're assuming Dalvin is going to sign somewhere. We're assuming Dalvin is signed to a team at this point because it looks like he will be before camp starts, most likely. So my options are Leonard Fournette, Kareem Hunt or Ezekiel Elliott? I think Ezekiel Elliott is going to be the first to sign. Interesting. Okay. 100%. Um, excellent question. He was still able to show that he had a little bit of something last year from in, in the red zone. He did score touchdowns like five weeks straight at one point for Dallas, while Tony Pollard was the guy in between the 20s. Leonard Fournette, like I said, broke down towards the end of the year. They're both 28 years old, and Ezekiel Elliott has a little bit of I think he has a safer question mark play style than Leonard Fournette. He's also a better blocker than Leonard Fournette is. And that's something that coaches really take into account when they're looking for a replacement running back. How well can you protect the quarterback and Ezekiel Elliott? Other than that one play, he played center for no goddamn reason. (laughs) And I need to stress that because, you know, somebody's going to come at you. Who said he was good at protecting the quarterback? He got blown up. Obviously, he got blown up. He was playing out of position at goddamn center. But Zeke can protect the quarterback very well when he's lined up correctly. So out of those three options, it will be Ezekiel Elliott over Kareem Hunt and Leonard Fournette. Okay, not bad. Kravit, any other running back sleepers for us? Oh, man, like I'm somebody who likes to dig, 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 dig deep. Um, I do like Zach Evans. who's He's going to be Cam Akers backup. Um, Keep an eye on Zamir White and Matt Breida. Obviously, we don't know what the deal with Saquon and Josh Jacobs are going to be. But if you need some really cheap bodies who are going to get you some early season points, if Jacobs and Saquon do not sign and do not play, there's somebody to keep an eye on. Also, I know we used to be big fans of Chase Edmonds. Not anymore in Tampa Bay. I don't see him having any relevancy whatsoever. The only other real person that I can like keep an eye on here is uh, Chris Rodriguez, rookie running back for the Washington Commanders. They have Brian Robinson. They have Antonio Gibson. That's it. That's all they got. I mean, so he's somebody who can come in, take some receiving down work. Um, J.D. McKissick is not there anymore, so he can probably possibly come in and be the third down receiving back guy, even though Antonio Gibson really wants to show that he can be a receiving back in the league. He's had four years. I'm not sure who's going to be able to prove that. (laughs) Other than that, for me, that's. That that's like the that's like the bottom of the barrel stuff that I really, really like to look for. Like, where am I going to get the most value for the cheapest? And that's where my value lies. 
a few more names to throw out, depending on where Dalvin goes. If he doesn't end up on the Jets, I really like Israel Abanaconda. I definitely think they're going to work Brees Hall back slowly, even if he's healthy. I don't think he's going to be carrying a full workload, especially the first you know month to six weeks of the season. And this kid could fly. And I do like him, especially in the early season. So wouldn't be shocked. Michael Carter, solid all-around back, but he really does not provide any sort of significant burst. He does get caught a lot. Probably a better receiver than anything else, which is why I definitely think the rookie running back can kind of supplant him very quickly. And the other n- name for me to keep an eye on, uh, the other running back I do like is Deneric Prince on Kansas City. Okay. We know what Isaiah Pacheco did last year. We know what he's capable of. But he is kind of a one-trick pony, does not necessarily find the holes that well, kind of just falls his head down and just see what happens. A lot of room for improvement. But Generic Prince reportedly has been turning some heads during the offseason in Kansas City. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, we know, is on his way out as soon as his deal is up. Nothing going to happen there. Jarek McKinnon, change of pace back for right now. So this is more, maybe not this year, but a guy I really like as a rookie this year that I think, you know, the next two or three years could really do something. That's the other name out. So with that, we're pretty much done this week for our running back coverage. Got into some of the deeper names. Obviously, you'll be able to find our lists online. And, you know, next week we'll move into tight ends. I think before we get to quarterbacks, uh, quarterbacks are always a fun conversation as far as dynasty tight ends. Well, There's a top five, and then kind of you're on your roster, and then they should be nowhere near your roster. It's kind of like three big different groups right there for tight ends. Tight end, I feel like, is actually a little bit deeper this year than people like to admit, or at least want to admit. Granted, you're going to have your top three guys, but there is some value to be had a little bit later on. We are 177% going to discuss that, and I'm very excited to prove we're wrong. (laughs) i always welcome the opportunity to do so uh so we'll be back next week right here on the sports ethos network make sure to catch all of our podcasts right here on first down dynasty answering all of your dynasty fantasy football needs as always i'm bill nye the dynasty guy he's the crev we'll see you next week have a good night everybody